1: Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk.
2: There's been an increase in the number of people looking for support and seeking help for problem drinking. And the AA say at this time of the year, typically, it would usually see a rise in the number of people asking for help. But they say the increase so far this month alone has been significant. And it's also said more women are asking for support for problem drinking. And actually going to AA meetings as well. So with this report in mind today, I want to mention a listener's email because she got in touch with me. She didn't want to chat on air, but she did want me to mention this on the programme. So my producer Dee King is here with me in studio today to bring you one of our listeners' emails. Dee?
3: I thought about sending you an email for a long time and finally now decided to do it. An issue I hope you discuss is alcohol problems in mothers. I'm a mum of three in my mid-40s and I'm married to a wonderful man. I've always had an issue with alcohol and it just seems to have gotten worse as I've gotten older. The thing is, if I have a drink in the evening, I want to continue it on to the next day, when other people wouldn't even contemplate that. I would just like to know if there's anyone else like me out there in a similar situation and just really what help is there apart from the AA. I'm too embarrassed to see my GP. I have caused so much hurt over the years with my drinking and the fact that my kids are getting older is even worse. Please can
2: you or your listeners help me? It's been fair play though, you know, D to that listener for sending in the email because it's it's not an easy thing to do and I fully understand, you know, that she didn't want to come on air but she was very keen for us to, to chat about the issue.
3: Yeah, of course, it's a really vulnerable thing to send in but she was eager to try and get help and, and I also think just to feel heard and see if anyone else feels yeah. the same.
2: Well, look, lunchtime live at newstalk.com is the email address if you want to contact us today or you can, you can give me a call either. Fiona is with me on the line because Fiona... Um, that listener's email is something that resonates with you
4: very much. So, because I, I just know that you're going to read that email now, so it's got it's nearly like a mirror image of myself in it. Nice. Um, because I think, like as mothers, one of the first thing we do is we try to be the be all and end all. We try to be the, the wife of the year, the mother of the year, the daughter of the year. And um, like f- for me, when I start realise my drinking was a problem. It was me discovering what was behind the drinking, what had triggered it, what brings it on, and it was the me not asking for help, me trying to be the mother of the year, the the Instagram mommy, and the house falling apart mm-hmm. really. Um. So it was. It, so that's often is that we talk about the drink itself. The hard part is not giving up the drink. The hard part is underneath it all dealing with yeah well I do need to ask for help yeah I, my life my house is falling apart but that's okay um, do you know that it's, it's the dealing with the emotions underneath the drink rather than the drink itself is the hard part um, and even the beating yourself up afterwards there was many a night where I was sitting here and oh, thousands of people do it across Ireland man or woman sitting in front of the TV at night time when the kids are going to bed and you have one or two drinks and you think oh hard day I deserve a drink mm. um, but then that turns into every night um, and some of the nights then I'd again beat yourself up as a mammy saying, God, now I'm after having two or three drinks. If one of the kids gets sick, how am I going to drive them to the hospital? Because I'm after having a few drinks and then I feel like I'm a terrible mother. And then it just my, my self-worth as a mother goes downhill then because I'm just failing my kids. And, and it just gets into this vicious circle. But it's the alcohol that magnifies all those emotions in the first place. Yeah. You know, so, um, but it, like I said, there's thousands and thousands. I know these mothers, but like there are men, men as well out of there. Of
2: course, but, yeah, um, but it's, yeah. I, I thought but, it was but, interesting, but, the AA today talking about the fact that, you know, like, you know, in, in one way, I suppose that... The positive from it is that more people are actually looking for help. They're seeking yeah. help and they're and they're looking for support and actually, you know, going out and and asking for that and getting it. I thought it was interesting the AA now mentioning that, um, you know, yes, there's a rise in in people. There always is this month, apparently. Yeah. Anyway, every year it's up. It's significantly up in previous years, but it's more women they're noticing and more women going to to weekly meet- meetings too.
4: Yeah, yeah. But even as uh, that um, email said, it's that shame of asking it. Because I, I even, la- I laugh, because I, you know, would put a, a bit out on social media about trying to give up drinking and things that. And people that would actually say to me um, how that I should be ashamed of myself for let my kids down. So, you know, the, the, what do they call them? The keyboard warriors. Oh, yeah, the interaction. Um So, yeah. So, um, so, you know, if people are shaming those wanting to, Change their lives. It, it, that's not going to help the
2: no, situation. No, so people won't ask you know for help if that's absolutely. What was um? What was the turning point, Fiona, for you? Or was there? What was the moment that? Um,
4: so I didn't realise that my, so I knew I was in a bad place mental health wise um, and, and I don't mind saying it. There was days when I didn't want to be here anymore um, because I, I thought my kids would be better off without me. And um, But I didn't realise, um, long story short, that the drink had just magnified the emotions a thousand percent. So yes, life is hard. Life is tough. Kids are hard. Life is, but when you have drink in your life, it just like I said, everything just becomes ten times, hundred times bigger. So like I said, it wasn't my coping skills were completely shot, but the drink had a, because it's not even just hangovers, it's how the drink affects your brain to be able to process mm-hmm. emotions. So like, and, and that's when I realised when it was my mental health, and it was a friend of mine, like she, I say to her to this, this day, she saved my life because she got in contact with my family and said, you you need to, to talk to Fiona, there's something going like she's not right. Um, because again, being a mammy, I was keeping it all secret and that I was feeling this way. And if I, my family knew about this or my friends knew about this, you know, that I'd be letting myself down. I'd be bringing shame on them. And, mm. and again, it's all this vicious circle. Yeah. Um, so, it, like I said, it was when my mental health got to that stage um, that I realised some. Yeah, yeah. But again, my thing would
2: be to everyone, don't let it get to that extent. Mm. And how, like, even when, how have you, how do on, you, sorry how do you like... Uh, how, you know how, what? How about How is your control of it now? Like how how are you now with it?
4: Um, I'd be really really honest. I still think about it every day. I said, "Well, I I would have loved brandy, and my brandy was my tipple." And I still think about it every day, but it's just a thought. Um I I know it's um I know it's a really really bad comparison, but you know when someone have a longing for a bag of crisps or a longing for a chocolate, like it's when that longing becomes I, I just need to get to it, but I don't have that longing anymore. It's a thought, and again. I'm able to, because I've gone through an awful lot of therapy and an awful mm-hmm. lot of counselling to get here um, and again through my GP, so I went to the GP, um, but the, going back to when I have that thought of the drink what's going on with me? Am I getting lonely in myself? Is something? Am I after getting news in work that I'm not happy with? Like go back to why am I longing for the drink do you know but that's a, a long journey that I've been on to be able to get to that extent that's what's after triggering me that I want the drink do you know um, I, uh,
2: f- You know fair play to you Fiona though for for sharing your story today because th- um, I, know it's not, I know it's not easy and it can be a very private and a personal thing for people even when people have gone and, and sought help and and, and asked for, for support you know and, and gone through that but uh, you know I think sharing your story today is is, is mm. a, it's a very brave thing to and, do. And
4: I would say to anyone, like, because people associate ha- alcohol with hangovers, it's not even the hangover. It's the next day just being narky with people or being tired or coming home and just being stressed after work. But it's again how the few drinks the night before has affected your brain to be able to perform the next day. But people don't associate that with a few drinks. They just associate that with being a, a tough day.
2: I've you know. I've Rosie on the line with us as well Fiona. St- stay with me if you don't mind for a moment. Um 1800 453 106 Rosie, you've been listening to Fiona and her other callers email. What's your story?
1: Oh, Well, I'm I'm just listening to Fiona there and I resonate with so much of what she has uh said. Um I'm I was I sent you guys an email a while back and as I was typing the email it was quite cathartic because You know, the the end of the email kind of said I'm doing well now. But my journey was, um, I would say, I was always a social drinker and then COVID came along and it seemed to be so normalised for people to drink. You know, we had a lovely summer and everybody was having a drink in the back garden. So any of the kind of little niggling doubts I would have ever had about using alcohol as an emotional crutch which I always knew that I was doing, but I was managing it. But um, in COVID, I'd go up to the supermarket and I'd see, uh, you know, I wouldn't buy wine unless I saw it in other people's baskets. I'm sure everybody's baskets were full everybody's of wine.
2: Everybody's was full, yeah. So God.
1: it kind of made me feel, oh, it's not just me. I really don't have a problem. But progressively, um, I, I, one of my daughters was raped through COVID and I lost my best friend um he was only 55 he died during COVID so those two things combined with a couple of other stuff different pieces that were going on in the family I was using it totally as a painkiller um before I would have always used alcohol to you know to congratulate myself or if I was you know in really bad form I'd treat myself you know um This thing of like, we have a hard day and oh God, I can't wait. Friday evening
2: or a birthday or something, yeah.
1: Yeah, but mine was every evening. And then I just used to think with all the hurt and the anger I had inside me for situations that I couldn't control, I used to think what's going to happen with all this hurt and anger? What's going to happen to me Mm. if I don't push it down?
2: And how are you now, Rosie? I'm doing great,
1: thank God. Um, I I ended up in hospital, basically. I decided to go cold turkey um, after several years and I ended up collapsing with seizures. So I ended up in Vincent. Uh, I was in there for five days and I had to go cold turkey. Um, I had to go through all the shame of taking up a bed just after COVID, um, the embarrassment, um, but every hour I didn't drink. When I came home, every night I'd get into bed, I'd say, oh my God, I have a, I have a day under my belt. And now I'm, I'll am i be two years off on the 8th of April um, this year. Well
2: done. I was just going to ask you how many, yeah. How many days. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't, I'm so lucky to have survived the seizures. I could have died. I could have died. And that was, the best thing that ever happened to me, because I had wanted to give up alcohol, yeah.
2: and
1: you know, I'd done counselling about what had happened to my daughter, and I'd done grief counselling, but I was still pushing the pain down. But I, I was forced into a situation. It, it was my life or the alcohol.
2: You had an awful time of it, Rosie. There's, you know, an, an awful lot going on and, and different things you had to, you had to deal with. Um, and I know it's not easy recounting all of that here today on, on national radio, but, but thank you for, for joining us and even just, you know, I suppose sharing some of your experience with us. Sheila Ganhealy, Galhini is on the line. Sheila's, um the CEO of Alcohol Action Ireland. And Sheila, you've been listening there to Rosie and and to Fiona. Um, Have you, like, the the increase in the number of people going for help, is, is that a reflection of the fact that people are drinking more? Or is it that people, you know, like both Fiona and Rosie have talked about kind of the shame that they felt, but is it that more people are just, they're overcoming that and they're actually asking now, they're putting out their hand and looking for help?
0: Well, um, firstly, thanks very much for having me on. And I will say, you know, um, know, the environment in which we all find ourselves in is one which is absolutely saturated with alcohol advertising, alcohol marketing, that really does push all of us, you know, towards drinking and drinking more. And we can see the results of that um, if, if we look at you know, the numbers and you know, on, on our levels of, of alcohol use uh, here in Ireland and if we compare them you know, with, with around the world. So you know, just to give you a couple of statistics here, the, the OECD would have had a report out uh, a couple of months ago which would have you know, shown that Ireland um, has the eighth highest level of binge drinking um, in the OECD area. But when we looked at women, um, it was at the fifth highest uh, level um, in, in the OECD country and I think it is no um, it's no surprise, really, because what we have seen over the last number of years is that the alcohol industry has really looked at women as kind of an untapped market. So it used to be um, some years back ago that about two thirds of all the alcohol that was drunk in Ireland was mainly drunk by men, one third drunk by, by women. And that was, if you like, you know, uh, an open market uh, for the industry to sort of switch its marketing um, focus towards women. So you've seen a massive increase in um, what you would nearly call the pinkifying of of, uh, of, of drink. Uh, literally pinked in, you know, all sorts of ads for, for wine, wine o'clock, you know, all sorts of ways in which women were being told that this is normal. This is what you do if you've had a hard day, if you've had a good day, if you've had a, an OK sort of a day. Really, what you needed to go as a glass of wine uh, at that, and that 's you was know, showing through, so if we look at the numbers, you know something like nearly fifteen percent of the population here in Ireland would have an alcohol use disorder that 's almost six hundred thousand people, so it 's not surprising when you have that level of of a problem in the country that you're going to see people who will reach out and look mm. look for help. What is concerning? Yeah, it's a, it is. A, it is a good thing. And, and if I could just maybe just add in because um, it was your your original um, letter writer, you know, said where can I get help? And if I would just like to say to people that the HSE website askaboutalcohol.ie would have a, a lot of details of places to get help, and also their helpline uh, eighteen hundred four five nine four five nine. Yeah, no, you're right to mention that. Letter.
2: Absolutely, Sheila. I have a text from a listener who says I'm not an alcohol. Uh, sorry. Um, I am an alcoholic. I'm not drinking at the moment but from Christmas to basically last week I was drunk every day. I lost weeks. A good site um, to read and chat about. The thread Reddit stopped drinking. This texter says, my mum has started drinking about three to four times a week and I think it's got worse over Christmas because we were all in that Christmas mode for a couple of weeks. It's kept, it's kind of kept going though and I don't know if it's a problem yet but I am quite worried, says says this listener. Psychiatrist Brendan is is on the line. Um, Brandon, like, are, are you know, are people just trying to break down that barrier now, and 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 they're more comfortable or confident in asking for help?
5: Yes, happily people are more confident uh, but there's still a lot of work to be done on this so so it is very helpful to hear the stories from Rosie and Fiona and your email are there. It can be difficult to reach out for help, difficult to admit to yourself you have a problem let alone your family but you know there is help available and that's such an important message uh, either through a person's GP as we've heard or failing that you know the HSE website and the helpline does have local uh, information for each part of the country so there is help available and luckily more women are reaching out for that now
2: you know it's one thing that often comes up in our initial emailer, uh, emailer Brendan mentioned it too like just even the shame of going to your GP you know and being afraid to go to the local doctor in your in your town
5: Yes, and I mean, that can be a very real thing, but I certainly can assure people that GPs are fully trained in this. They are aware and very often people will know that you may have a problem with alcohol. You know, it might be a parent or maybe family or friends are waiting for a moment to talk to you about it. And usually people who do talk to a GP are very surprised by how understanding, how discreet how sensible and how, how helpful they turn out to be. So, you know, uh, but then even if that's not possible, there is the helpline 1800 459 459 that can put you directly in contact no, with various very... counselling and support services in your area. Can
2: I just ask you finally, Brendan, because we're, we're coming to the, you know, close now to the end of, of January, like things like dry January, is that a good thing or is it problematic?
5: It helps some people. There is always a certain number of people who are helped by initiatives like that, but there is another group of people who find them as just another way to fail if if you understand. They might try every year and not get through the month The, the key thing with alcohol is just to to keep trying. You know, sometimes things don't work. A lot of people benefit from AA, for example, but some other people don't and they may Mm -hmm. benefit more from counselling or something else. So the main thing is to to keep trying different ways of support and ways of reaching out and very often one of them will indeed help if you can take that first step. Uh, Brendan, listen, thank you
2: psychiatrist Brendan Kelly for for joining us here on the show today and I just want to mention the number that Sheila mentioned. It's the HSC Drugs and Alcohol Helpline. It is free, it's confidential um, it's 1800 459 459 and, and also as well just to, to Rosie and Fiona for uh, joining us today in the show and, and sharing their own stories and to that emailer as well. Thank you for, for getting in touch. It's lunchtime live at newstalk.com. It's always the email address if you want to reach out about that or anything we've been chatting about on the show today.
1: Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan